do you like playing with the cows more? Or you like talking about the cows more? <laughs> I like it. I like both of them. <laughs> uh, well, well, hey. I do agree. Like I have concentrated what I want to study down to dairy science, but my next problem is, is that if I go to grad school, like obviously I need to focus in a certain part right. of that, or at least a certain part of animal science within dairy science that I want to focus on. Yeah. Um, and that I guess that's broad. my, that's my dilemma right now is yeah. I really like physiology, but um, I like it with calves that are zero to 60 days mm. or um, like cows that are transitioning between dry period and fresh. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And like the metabolic diseases that are going on with that. And those are not the most heavily studied research areas um, that professors are looking at. So that's my dilemma is trying to find a professor that's doing research in an area that I'm really interested in that I want to like focus on. So you could pioneer it. You could be the the first researcher. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's possible. Yes. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Talk Ag to Me, a podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brandon Black, and in today's episode, we're catching up with an old friend. Uh, this is Abby, a, an old uh, friend and co-host of this show, actually. Abby, go ahead and remind all the beautiful people who, who you are. All right. Well, good morning, everyone. My name is Abby Prince. I have been on here. I don't know. It's, it's been a little while, but I've been while. on here a few times. Um, I'm finishing up my last semester as a senior um, in animal science at Washington State University. Um, I actually get to graduate next week, so um, time is just flying by, and I'm really excited to do this episode today with Brendan. Yeah, and uh, like Abby mentioned, you know, that it's getting towards the end of the semester, so, you know, everyone's frantic and busy right now, so I think we kind of just needed an episode to just, you know, relax and, and catch up on, on the old days and stuff like that, and um, as I mentioned, Abby actually helped me start this podcast in the first place, so, you know, you got to come back, you know, every once in a while, just, you know, see all the, how, how the, the project we built has, has grown. Definitely. So I think let's just start off on how long has it been? It's been a while since we last talked. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while. I know a lot. It's okay. I've been busy on my end too. Um, I know last time we talked, you talked about having a uh, project you were working on that got delayed because of, you know, everything shutting down. Uh, Did you ever get to finish and, and present that, that project? Yes. So man, that was my sophomore year of college, I finished up my dairy genomics research project. So I, um, I took information from a previous study, I guess you could say that they just genotyped, um, around 800 animals or cows. And, um, so I took all that information and then started my project of looking at, um, fat protein and somatic cell count and seeing if there were any markers within the genome that were significantly impacting those um, phenotypic traits. So I got to finish that up um, halfway through my sophomore year. And then halfway through that spring semester, we all went home for COVID. And um, I kind of did a little bit of work at home. Well, then the following year in March, um, well, I guess this past year in 2020 in March, Um, I actually got to present my work. Um, WSU has this really big showcase. Um, We call it Circa, which is this showcase for undergraduate research. Um, And so I got to present my research to a different panel of judges. And um, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience to be able to like go through basically the college version of like the science fair, I guess would be like (laughs) a really good analogy for it. just to talk about what I did with my research and the application it will have in the dairy industry. So that was a lot of fun and a really good experience. So I'm glad that I got to do it, even though it was via Zoom, but it was still a really great opportunity. Awesome. And did you, did, uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming since it's a research project, you had a hypothesis, were you, were you right in, in what you assumed was going to happen? Yes. So I, well, yes, <laughs> I had the hypothesis that there were going to be significant markers within the genome for each of those traits. I just didn't know how many of them there would be or how significant they would be. Mm -hmm. And I actually had really significant findings with my work. So 
um, there was a project, another student kind of followed up on my work a little bit and um, she's still working on it to see how much further we can take that information hmm. and what else that we can find um, regarding those phenotypic traits and some others. So it's kind of nice to see like the next step in yeah. that process as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, that's really, you know, down to a, a level that, I mean, even most people in the ag industry don't always think about, you know, just getting all the way down to the genetic code of, of the livestock that we produce and figuring out if, you know, just the tiniest thing could have a massive impact on, you know, the cows that we see every day on the dairies we pass by, especially, you know, around our hometown, Tulare, got cows yeah. everywhere. Um, but that, that's really interesting. So uh, when, when you presented and, uh, you know, what, uh, what was that, you know, experience like, if you, you know, if were, did, was it just kind of you talking to the panel about what your project was? Was there like a question and answer kind of system? Was it more of like a conversation? What was, you know, could you kind of describe that experience a little more? Yeah. So um, I was actually in a group of three. So it was myself, two other students, and then three judges like that were in our breakout room on Zoom. So um each of us like took turns that the judges would just ask us questions and they reviewed all of our information beforehand. Mm. Um, so during the questions, like we got to talk about our project a little bit, um, but obviously answering what they wanted to know um, in a little more detail. So I was the last person to prove to present my information or answer questions. So it was really nice to watch other students go before me, um, kind of hear about their research. And then when it got time for me, um, it was, it was really, um, a rewarding experience to say like, yes, I found this information. Like I did it. I had a mentor, but like I did the work and that was probably the most rewarding experience out of all of it was that I did it. And like, I get to tell you what I learned from it and what I gained. So that was really cool. Um, and then at the end, there's quite a few, I couldn't give you an exact number of how many students present at this showcase because when we're all in person there's easily over 200 students that have projects that come to circa and wow. like showcase their research so i'm not sure how many of them did it on zoom but then they do a big award ceremony afterwards hmm. um but it was pretty cool like the judges not all a lot of them were in very different areas and none of the judges were in any of um, mine or my peers' areas in our group so that was kind of cool for them to see like, wow, on the ag side, like this is what the dairy industry is doing. Mm -hmm. um, there was one girl in my group that had information or did studies on the research bears that we have on campus. Oh. So that was pretty cool. And then another student did something based on plant science. Um, but because none of our judges um, have expertise in any of those areas, it was really neat to be able to tell them like, yeah, this is what we did and why it's important to the industries that we're involved in. Huh. That is really interesting. I, I didn't realize that it was all, you know, scientific industries, not, not just ag. So that, that is kind yeah. of cool to get to see the, the blending of, of all those different categories. Yeah, it's everybody campus wide. So it's, huh. it's pretty neat to be able to see research from a little bit of everything. Yeah. Was everyone like, you're, you're looking at cow genes? A like, little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's important though. Like the dairy industry is so heavily focused on genetics. Mm -hmm. So especially in those kind of phenotypic areas. So it's really important the research that I did and hopefully that like it can go further along in the dairy industry. Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd even be curious to see on the beef side of things, if there, if there's any kind of relevance to, to that same kind of research. Cause I mean, obviously we know in like the beef industry, uh, black cattle sell for more than red cattle. So understanding that, you know, phenotypic difference could be huge for something like that even. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of, a lot of potential for expansion on, on that realm of research. I think that's really definitely. cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, to, to let you in a little bit on, on what we've been doing over on this side, um, we, Actually, so the time this episode comes out will be like mid-March. Um, so about a month from the time this episode comes out will be the four-year anniversary of Talk Agony. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So almost four years ago, we were sitting in Kawhi's classroom recording our first episode. Wow. That is so long. <laughs> Don't age me like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's been it doesn't feel like four years at all. Like I I'm, you know, working on, on the fourth season right now. And I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's my fourth season. And I'm, I'm kind of looking at how many episodes we've done. Like people, for some reason, the past like couple months, people have been asking me about how many episodes ha have come out of this show. We're like 
115 episodes or something like that. Like wow. way more than I ever thought we were going to produce. Kudos. Uh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's been, uh, that's been fun. But um, I think we talked about it a little bit the last time you were on, because that was around the time we were starting to experiment this kind of stuff, but we've transitioned more into uh, kind of like a hybrid conversation style. So we have, you know, initially we we're obviously just interviewing ag people and getting ag perspectives. And then I kind of transitioned into the non-ag realm and started, you know, getting their perspectives on stuff. And then we kind of played around with some ideas of having people ask me questions. And then I ask other people questions and we have like a little rotation system. Um, this season obviously is all all stars. So I'm bringing back all of my favorite guests and, <laughs> and, you know, and catching up on the old days and talking about new stuff and, you know, having fun with that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of evolved now into having an ongoing conversation with the ag folks, but also continuing that conversation with the non-ag folks as well. So um, it's talk ag to me definitely went through some growing pains, but it's definitely, I think I've kind of established who it is and, and what it's going to be from now on. Yeah. How have, or I guess, so in college right now, one of the final classes that I'm taking is a science or um, a class on environmental science, mm -hmm. climate change and policy. So as one of the only ag students in this <laughs> class, um, I have found it very interesting to meet um, other non-ag students via just online mm -hmm. um, like where it's just an online class. Um, but to be able to provide that ag perspective to them and to see what their perspective is. Um, I'm sure that you've experienced this, like talking to non-ag related people. Oh, yeah. um, it is quite the eye opener. <laughs> it really <laughs> is. Least. Yeah, no, it's, it's been, it's been an interesting experience. Um, I, so it's funny when I started kind of transitioning over to the non-ag side of things, um, I started talking to, um, what's his name? Tim Heydrich, I think, or something like that. He's, he runs a podcast, um, called the future of ag. He's actually the first ag podcast I listened to before starting talk ag to me. Um, and he actually reached out or I reached out to him and we were able to connect. And he told me, you know, you got to have a target audience. You got to have your, your ideal, you know, listener in mind, like, in which we, we kind of did that when we, when we planned out talk ag to me, but, um, I didn't realize it until like a couple months ago, but my target audience has been kind of, our age range up to around like thirties, you know, like early parenthood type, you know, age range is kind of what people are interested in. Um, and so the conversations I've been having would be the kind of stuff that you would have in like a college classroom. You know, it's, it's the kind of people who are fresh out of college or, or, you know, very early in their career. And so they're like trying to figure out the world, you know, with the rest of us. And, and they're like, Hey, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? You know? And so like, I've had some people that have asked some really, really interesting questions and some people that have asked questions that's like, I'm not gonna be able to teach you anything. You're not even paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's really cool. I mean, I've had people on here that have asked like genuine questions about like, you know, the environment and like the impact that ag has on, you know, the, the natural world. And I basically have had, I, I kind of had like a, a opening moment for myself, you know, as, as like a, as a ag educator, I kind of learned that there are parts of ag that I didn't really have a firm understanding of until they asked that question. And I was like, oh, I actually don't know that. And then I started doing research on it. I'm like, okay, now I can answer this. And I come back to him and say, okay, well, actually it's this, you know? Um, but, you know, a, a lot of the people I've, I've been having on here have been asking questions that are very much not what I expect. You know, like I'm, I'm always expecting people to be like, okay, are GMOs good or bad? Are, you know, is ag really killing the planet? You know, like very like one-sided, very easy to answer questions. And a lot of them have been very like in-depth, like complex questions that I don't even have full, you know, full ability to answer, you know, without some kind of professional background. Um, right. So I have to, I always have to give them like the disclaimer of like, this is what I, this is what I've found in my research. I'm not an expert though. So I might have missed something here, but I mean, I've had people that have asked stuff like, um, is there anything that ag can do to help with the environment, which I always cover, you know, I always bring in like cover crops and, and uh, genetically modified crops that are nitrogen fixing or uh, having like regenerative um, grazing methods that can help the kind of reverse desertification in some areas, like some of those kinds of projects. But they ask stuff like, you know, way out of left field that I'm like, whoa, that's actually a good question. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah. So it's been, it's been a very like, like you mentioned, a very eye-opening experience and to say in the yeah. least, because it helps, helps me be a better educator. And it gives me more hope that there are people out there who actually want to know about ag. They just don't quite have the resources to learn it for themselves. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, besides the, 
um, the project you mentioned earlier, have there been any, any other projects you've been working on lately? No. So after that project was complete and I did the showcase and I presented my research, um, after that, I was prepping for my internship out in New Mexico, did that, absolutely loved it. And um, Washington State decided, okay, we're going to be online. Um, so I talked to my boss and I said, do you have any job positions? And <laughs> they hired me on full time and it's kind of history from that point. So nice. um, I worked a full time job, 60 hours a week, was a full time student for a full school year. And that was tough, <laughs> let me tell you. Like, it was, that was probably the hardest year of college I've ever had. That was tough. Um, yeah, and then to be able to transition back to campus this semester has been such a blessing um, to be able to finish out my time here as a student on campus in class. Um, I have definitely missed it. It's not the same. And I'm sure that other college students feel the same, or at least the peers that I have talked to. They're like, yeah, it's not the same being back here. But um I'm definitely glad like I came back and then yeah. now to be able to graduate a semester early um, is kind of exciting. So now it's just finding my next big girl job. So that's, <laughs> that's the next chapter that I'm trying to open. That's awesome. So are, are you going to be looking more for like the research side of things or, or more hands-on kind of stuff or kind of what's your, what's your desire? If you, if you could have your ideal job, what, what would you look for? So I really want to go back into, um, the dairy industry in production, specifically mm -hmm. with calves. Um, I have found that that is my utmost <laughs> largest passion in my entire life. Um, I really enjoyed the company and the site that I was working at. We had 24,000 head roughly when I left. Wow. Um, so obviously that's a lot of calves to take <laughs> care of um, between three and 90 days of age. Mm -hmm. So I, I definitely found that that is the place that I want to be. Um, but I've also kind of opened my eyes to what's it like um, working with dairy, working with beef. Mm -hmm. um, I've possibly considered going to, or thinking about grad school, mm -hmm. um, going into more of extension type work or even teaching in the classroom. So right now I have almost too many options to pick <laughs> from, um, but I'd rather have too many than not enough. So yeah. that's always something nice to see, but trying to keep my, keep my mind open to any opportunity that comes my way. Nice. Yeah. You're, you're definitely in, in the right position to just kind of, you know, pick your, uh, pick whatever path, you know, opens up to you. So I'm definitely. kind of in a, uh, a bit of a similar route. I'm kind of racking my brain trying to figure out what I want to do because I mean, I still want to be a teacher. The question is what and where and how, you know, like, yeah. um, I I've, I've been more recently made aware of other education projects that are outside of the classroom, you know, like obviously the podcast is, is great, but you know, in terms of long-term, um, you know, long-term, uh, 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 that's what I'm looking for. Um, my brain just completely scattered. I have no idea what the word I was looking for was starts with an I, um, money making <laughs> <Can't help you. laughs> that word. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember. I, I can't believe I just income that one. Gotcha. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's 10 in the morning, so I have no excuse, but my, <laughs> it's been a while. My, my brain's a little, a little scattered. I, I've been having I get it. A, a lot of finals prep. So, um, really on that one, <laughs> no, but in terms of finding a long-term income, the podcast really isn't in the right position to do that until yeah. I have more money to invest into it. Um, but I, I even, I don't even want to do the podcast as a full-time income anyways. It was always supposed to be a side project. It's um, a good hobby. It is, you know, it's, it's fun. It, it keeps me on my toes, keeps, you know, keeps my research fresh. But other than that, like I, you know, I couldn't do the podcast full time. I drive myself crazy. You know, I have to be working with people and, and interacting and doing all kinds of stuff outside. And it's yeah. just, you know, that's how, that's how things have always been. Um, but I mean, like there's other education projects that I've been helping out with like adventures. They have their whole, um, you know, education thing that I've been helping out or not recently, but a couple of years ago, I did a whole video series for them. Um, I've been working with some other, you know, like the farm bureau, I've been working with some other projects with them. And like, there's been a, bu a bunch of research and education projects that I've been able to help out with them. Like maybe I could still teach, but not in the classroom. And would that be better for me? Or do I want to go this route or do I want to, you know, like, so I've been kind yeah. of, you know, and now I'm trying to split between teaching high school and teaching college. And I'm trying to decide if I want to go that route, or if I want to go high school first and then college or yeah. So I, I, I get you. There's a lot of opportunity out there that I just don't know where to go. No, I get that. And I've, 
I've decided like if I go the teaching route, I would definitely teach college. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of ours, of my family, um, he he talked to my mom one day about it. He's like, oh my gosh, like Abby's considering a master's. Like she's so into science. Like that's like her deal. Um, but he told her, he goes, you know what? I think she would make a great college professor because depending on the grade level you choose, if you choose a younger grade level, you do it for the kids or like the people the age, you do it for the age. Right. But if you go the upper grade levels in high school and into college, you do it for the subject material, which I think is where you and I are very similar in that yep. is that we enjoy the subject material. Um, so obviously I think you're on the right path going <laughs> high school or college. Um, but I've already made that decision. If I do decide to teach, it will be at the college level, Mm -hmm. um, just to have those like deep intellectual conversations with people who are interested in the subject material. Yeah, no, I definitely am on the same page with you on that one. And I could 1000% see you as a college professor. You have the energy for it. You have the, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you definitely have the knowledge that part's already down packed, but you have like that, the not to say you don't have the patience for high school students, but you definitely have more of the attitude for a college class, yeah. you know? And yes. so you definitely like, you have the excitement to get the kids engaged and, and want to learn about it. But you're also are like, if somebody gets you talking about dairy, you're going to go way over the heads of any high school students. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean, that's, that's how, you know, that's how I am too. That's why I've been so split on it because like I can go, I can teach on the high school level for the students. Like I could be there for the FFA stuff. I can do the, the public speaking stuff. Like that's the part of it that I'm really passionate about. Mm-hmm. But there's so many subjects that I want to teach that I would have to be on the college level just to be able to have a class open to teach that. Like, So I wonder, I wonder if you could teach at the college level and then be a coach or like a member of the board for an FFA program so that you can still be involved, but like have that upper level teaching. I can see that. And I, I, I was actually kind of considering that too, kind of something that, that like Krim does, except the back, you know, backwards, because Krim does uh, like eighth grade and then she helps, you know, with, with the exempt team and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so I might look into something like that. Uh, I, all my advisors were like, hey, just try a couple of years of teaching high school, see if you like it first before you go straight to college. And Definitely. I was like, that's not a bad idea. Um, yeah. But like, you know, so I'm, I'm actually designing curriculum for a class at Fresno State right now. I'm trying to get this class started that, if I do my master's, which they're really trying to get me to, and I'm on the border of it. Um, but would if you I stay there for your master's or would you go somewhere else? Well, that's the thing. Like I, if I get this class finished, then they said I could teach this class as my master's project, Oh wow! Awesome, but it mean another year here at Fresno state. So, and it's a What's lot of money more year in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. That's what my professors keep telling me. They're like, Abby, you would make a fantastic <laughs> graduate student, like master's or PhD. And I was like, dude, but that's just like more school. And I've been in school for the first 21 years of my, or the yep. I've been in school for 16 years of my life. They're like, what's another two or what's another three? And it's like, oh, come on guys. <laughs> right. doesn't sound that bad at first. Like, oh yeah, it's just two years. And then like, you're in it. You're like, why did I do this? This is two years. I could have been doing something else. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of stuck on that. It's a, which it's an animal behavior class, which, you know, is like right up my alley. So I, absolutely yeah. love animal behavior and so I was like this would be a really cool class to teach and it's a very basic class I think it'd be like an intro class for somebody that doesn't have any background experience with animals that really needs to understand because like I'm in all my animal science classes and there's people in there who are like it's like an upper you know upper level animal science class and they're still scared of going near the cows or they're still scared of moving pigs or like oh, yeah. so yeah, like I know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've basically been saying like we need to have some kind of intro class that teaches everyone the basics of animal behavior has them get familiar with using equipment you know, has them getting familiar with like hurting animals and, and being near them and feeling them up and that kind of stuff. And so that way they're comfortable with those animals before they have to go do some of these more practical animal science classes. Yeah. And I passed it by my department head and he was like, that's a great idea. If you, if you go into your master's project, you could teach that class. I was like, that'd be super cool, but that's another year and a lot of money that I don't have right now. <laughs> I don't know. I think you should look into it. I yeah. think that's a pretty good idea because what I have also been told about master's or graduate degree programs is that um like yeah you have to pay obviously tuition but as a master's or a phd student you will get a stipend Mm. to help cover that or you can apply for an assistantship which means that like the school pay for your tuition you just pay like semester fees so it's a lot less money coming out of your pocket and you get paid for doing a class that like you prepared so right yeah i mean 
that would be really cool if I could do that. Um, it's just going to be, I mean, I know that there's a grant you can apply for here at Fresno State to get through your master's. The question is yeah. whether or not I get it and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, like, you know, just going back to the example of like the high school versus college education kind of stuff, I could never teach that class on a high school level. Nobody's going to let me start an animal behavior class in high school. Like right. it'll, be, it'll yeah. be like an intro to animal science class and I get like a week to talk about animal behavior and that's it, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of one of those things I'm like, for what I want to teach, college would be better. But for the interactions with the kids, high school would be better. So I'm kind of split. I don't know yet. You have time. I do have time. You're <laughs> That's not what right. I keep getting told to do is, Abby, you have time. And I'm like, no, I have to start the next thing right now, right now. <laughs> you have time. So I'm going to tell you the same thing everybody keeps telling me. You have time. <laughs> I Yeah, people keep telling me that too. And it's like, part of me is tired of hearing it. The other part of me is like, yeah, they're right. I need to stop worrying so much. That's me too. <laughs> no, but I think, I mean, I think that you're in a bit of a, not easier position necessarily, but I mean, like you, you, you definitely have a clear, you know, at least you get to stick to dairy science. So like, you know, you're going to wor- want to work in dairy science. So like that at least gives you some options. You, you just have to decide, do you want to go more on the intellectual side or more on the production side? Not the production side, intellectual, but you know what I mean? Yeah, um, I know what you mean. You know, so like you have, you have that path of like, you know, do you like playing with the cows more? Or you like talking about the cows more? <laughs> I like it. I like both of them. <laughs> uh, well, well, hey. and that's, I do agree. Like I have concentrated what I want to study down to dairy science. But my next problem is, is that if I go to grad school, like obviously I need to focus in a certain part right. of that, or at least a certain part of animal science within dairy science that I want to focus on. Yeah. Um, and that I guess that's my, that's my dilemma right now is, yeah. I really like physiology, but um, I like it with calves that are zero to 60 days mm. or um, like cows that are transitioning between dry period and fresh. Gotcha. Um, and like the metabolic diseases that are going on with that. And those are not the most heavily studied research areas um, that professors are looking at. So that's my dilemma is trying to find a professor that's doing research in an area that I'm really interested in that I want to like focus on so you could pioneer it you could be the the first researcher (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's possible yes yeah I mean if you're if you become a college professor you could even specialize in in that as as your you know like you specialize in dairy physiology but only for these age periods and then you have your students do research on that and they basically do the research for you then you just have the you know, you have the opportunity to go play with cows and <laughs> that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? They, <laughs> You're going to do they, all my work. <laughs> well, they, they get the, the ground started for you. Cause like the whole, the whole part of being a college professor is not just to teach everyone about what you're learning about. It's to learn with your students, right? You know, you, you kind of practice what you're, what you're talking about that way. You're understanding it better yourself. Yeah. Um, so it gives you the opportunity to teach them about what you know about it so far, but then you get to do your own research and you'll probably even get paid to do that research so that you can become a better professor for them. Why you convince me to go to grad school here, Brennan? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're trying to convince me to go to grad school. So this is a payback. This is a payback. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, man. I'll throw it back at you. You, you have time. <laughs> I have time. <laughs> and that's probably the phrase I've been hearing the most the past couple of months. You have yep. time. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have well, time, but like how much time do I really have? Right. I mean, well, yeah, you're you're graduating a semester early. So your time's even even a bit a little bit shorter than the average person. Yeah. Because I've heard from most people that like go to grad school, like it's pretty common to take a gap year. If I decide to go to grad school, I'd really be taking like a gap semester mm-hmm. and obviously over the summer as well. So right. A little bit less time yeah yeah i mean you know you have some time to mull it over maybe next semester just kind of work on you know working in in some different dairy areas and kind of seeing what what clicks the most and then just kind of go from there and you know if if you work with calves for a while and you realize well you know they're fun but they're not quite you know what i thought they were going to be then go work with you know some dry cows and kind of see how how that feels and you know just kind of bounce around i mean it's it's like you said, you know, you, you have the the experience and the knowledge and the passion to work in really any dairy field that you're, you want to. So you just have to kind of find the places that'll take you in and then just go, go play with the cows. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. I could get paid to play with calves all day long, oh, I would be in heaven. That, <laughs> that is my most ideal job. If I could just play with the babies, golden. That, that would be a fantastic job. I would take that every day. 
it's the best let me tell you the time that i had to play with babies oh yeah they melt my heart every single time like last year so at work i guess it was this year so in february over um valentine's day weekend we had a massive snowstorm like three days it was a ton of snow well so we had this building that we would park all of our um or at least some of our equipment in. So we moved all the equipment out and we put down a bunch of like straw and bedding. And then all of our cabs that were really sick or like extremely cold, we would put them in there. At one point we had 48 cabs in this like little building. Well, we have to feed all of them, right? Twice a day. So myself and another coworker, like we would take, we would make bottles and we would like take all the bottles like off the trailer and we would go across like, the road like the road whatever yeah we would just go across to go to the building and um we had this whole system going on of that we would each have two bottles in our hands to feed babies and then we set up like bottle holders that they there was like 12 of them that could stand around in a circle and like drink from a bottle at the same time i'm gonna send you pictures because (laughs) that's awesome it was literally the best. And so then like they drink milk, they kind of get milk drunk. So then they're like <laughs> running around all over the place. <laughs> it was the best. That's and then awesome. at that point I was um, a mixer. So like I would mix all the milk like throughout the day and do mm. cleaning and all that kind of fun stuff. So I got, my shift was from 3.30 AM to 2.30 PM. So at 2.30, when my shift was over, I was like, I'm gonna go sit and play with the babies. I sat in there for two hours. And my coworkers came in at 4.30 and they were like, Abby, why are you still here? And I was like, I'm kind of procrastinating, not wanting to do homework, but like, look at them. Look how cute they are. <laughs> uh, yes. So, Baby calves are the, the biggest influence on not getting work done ever. Definitely. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Okay. So I actually, this, this reminds me of something that I had thought up a few months ago. And I was okay. like, is this a stupid idea or is this, would this make a fun research project? Because, you know, this is how I always am. Um, every, every idea I have could either be a fun project or a stupid idea that is just something I want to try. Okay. So from an animal behavior perspective and from a, and from a production quality perspective, um, I have always been curious about, because y- y- you know about like, um, like why you beef, how they like massage them and feed them beer and all that kind of stuff. So I've always been curious about like, if we took calves at a young age and just kind of like played with them, like just did a whole bunch of like, you know, fun activities with them, not like fun activities, like, like you do with like a human kid, like you're not, you're not having them learn shapes and stuff, but I mean, like, you know, like chasing them around and, and you just, you know, after you, after you feed them, you know, when they're all, like you said, milk drunk, you just kind of like mess around with them or you pet on them every day or whatever. If you just kind of have like that one-on-one interaction with them, and obviously you'd have to be on a small operation so you could do it with all the calves. Um, but you do that for, you know, a while, if that has any lasting effects on their production quality, you know, if they have better milk, if they, if they produce better meat from the beef side of things, if they're generally easier to work with, I mean, like would, so basically what I'm saying is if we started a calf nursery, <laughs> <laughs> I have the perfect story for this. And oh I think man! This your question. So oh. I think it's a really good idea. Okay. Um, one of my professors here actually, like he, I've been talking to him quite a bit about what I did at work. If I had questions, um, about a necropsy or how to treat a certain calf, like he was the first person, um, on the academic side that I would call. So I, I'm talking to my professor, and I'm like, man, Martine, like these calves, like they get out of their hutch because they think it's absolutely hilarious. Like, you know how a kid just like escapes and yeah. like thinks it's awesome. And they're like running away from you or like your dog has something in their mouth that like is not supposed to be there. And you chase after them and they think it's hilarious. Right. So it's the same thing with the calves. So I was talking to him about it and he goes, yeah, Abby, like there was one day I was working um, with a dairy farm that like raised their own calves out in Colorado. And they had... Um, what they called calf kindergarten so <laughs> they had a time like 30 minutes or an hour however many days a week that the calves would leave their individual hutch and they put them in a group setting and so they get a lot more of that social time hmm. which I thought was super awesome I was like man that must have been like the best experience ever to have like all these babies just like together and socializing yes but there's research on it that when calves are paired together at a young age um, that like they will do better when they transition into being a lactating animal hmm. and things like that because cows are very social. Right. Um, 
like we all know that cows all have their best friends and they all want to mm-hmm. like hang out together well it's the same thing starting from a young age like that's very it's just wired in their dna that that like the social aspect is what they need so i'm pretty sure that there is research on it or there's probably in the works of having more research on it that um if you start pairing calves up at a young age that they transition better um into group setting as an older calf or into the heifer stage and then from heifers to lactating cows that they just do better because they know what it's like to be in a group. So interesting. Um, we've also seen like pairing um, calves, they call it like twins, um, mm. that you have a groups of two calves in each hutch. Um, if there's two of them that they can watch the other calf, usually they eat better. They have a less chance of getting sick because they're interacting with each other. So they're exchanging obviously good and bad bacteria. So mm if they're going to get sick, obviously they both get sick together, but if they're together, they're being, um, exposed to more things, um, Mm -hmm. rather than just being in an individual hutch. So, um, that's what I know about that, but I definitely could see you doing research on that, (laughs) having some kind of calf kindergarten and like beef or dairy and to see like how that affects them, um, as they get older. So, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to start the first California cow kindergarten. (laughs) All right. You'll manage the calves. I'll I'll do I'll do the research on behavior. Oh. <laughs> that way you get to play with yeah, you get to get paid for playing with calves and I get my answers and then we'll we'll teach Sounds it like to a our great students. business deal. I like it. <laughs> I don't know who's gonna pay us, but we'll figure that out along the line. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll just advertise it to all the dairies in the area, be like, hey, do you guys have way too many calves for your hutches? Just drop them off at our cow calf kindergarten and they'll be great. <laughs> It sounds great. I like it. <laughs> I think I think it's a I think it's a great business model and I think it'll be great for research. And it it's you know, you know, it has one other advantage. It uh could eat well, actually this could be a disadvantage too. It could either make or break um our relationships with with our vegan friends because they'll be like, Oh, you're taking care of calves, but then they're gonna be like, You just raised those calves to die. So um it could be a hindrance yes. or or it could be like hey look we're actually like playing with calves we don't we don't hate them like we're taking care of them right so there's all kinds of opportunity here i think this is a great idea i'm like oh. <laughs> awesome okay. all right so that's going to be our, our graduate project we're going to we're going to cross over schools <laughs> graduate project <laughs> oh my goodness we'll write, we'll write a whole thesis on it. it'll be fantastic oh yeah uh, but yeah. So any other updates or, or life things going on? Just trying to like survive the last semester of school, like get yeah. good grades and trying to like absorb every moment um, yeah. because college, I feel like went by so fast. Mm-hmm. And I think even more so because we had that year, almost year and a half, like off for COVID. Um, like I actually met with my advisor yesterday just to kind of talk to her, um, tell her, thank you for everything. And she was like, I think your college experience would have looked a lot different if we weren't off of school for so long, or at least away from it. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, everybody's would have looked different. I'm sure that like things would have been different for me, um, as they were for everybody else, but everything went by so fast. So like this semester I'm like, okay, we just finished week 14 yesterday. Next week is week 15. It's last week of class. And then, and then I'm done. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of mind blowing that I've been telling myself all semester, like stay involved, stay engaged, go find new things to do with your friends. And so I've, I'm satisfied of what I've done during my entire time in college. Like I haven't regretted anything, which I think is really important because I feel like a lot of people leave college and regret that they did something or didn't do something. So I'm grateful for all the experiences that I've had here. And I'm excited to see what the next chapter in my life will bring. Um, just trying to figure out what that next chapter is, is the biggest thing right now. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, it sounds like you definitely had, I mean, yeah, we all, we all kind of had a, a year, you know, year and a half stolen from us from, from our yeah. college experience, which is definitely not ideal, but you know, I think that there was some good that came out of it and also obviously a lot of bad but it made us appreciate you know the time that we had on on campus and with our friends a little bit more because we you know never knew when we were going to get to see them after everything shut down but um no i i get what you mean i think that's 
it's good to, you know, to come away from it with, with the mindset of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to cherish every second I had, cause I, I, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to get to have this again, you know, especially with college. Yeah. Cause you know, we're hopefully not planning on coming back, but <laughs> you never know. You know, we, we, we are a little ambitious when it comes to education. So um, I could definitely see you coming back in a few years and, and becoming Dr. Prince. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like the sound of that. Uh, see funny. i i can't get my doctor because then i would sound like a like a super villain so um dr black just sounds a little mysterious but at the same time it would be kind of cool I'm, I'm just like walking like i'm a professor dr black and they're like oh i'm terrified of you now so <laughs> uh but no i think that it's a good you know it's it's a it's a good it's a it's a uh bittersweet time you know because we're well I have the opposite problem that you have. You're, you're graduating a semester early. I'm graduating a semester late. So, um, yeah, it's okay though. Uh, I, I started my minor last semester and that like pushed everything off track. So I'll have like my last semester, just like 12 units. Like it'll be absolutely nothing. So I'll just be putting along doing that. Yeah. And then I'll start my credential program. And then if I listen to my advisors, my master's program and then then start teaching or doing whatever else I decided to do at that point. So it'll be it'll be fun. It's, it's weird to think that we've been in school for four years already in college for four years. Dude, I know it's kind of crazy, especially because like last year, so I started my internship in the summer of 2020 and then I got hired on the week after my internship ended. Um, and then I stayed on until August, like the week before I came up here and to have that time of like, wow, this is my first like big girl job. Mm-hmm. That was kind of cool. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. My friends and I were all, oh my gosh, Abby, like that was your big girl job. Like your first <laughs> one. <laughs> and to have that kind of experience was really eye-opening to like make good money in college mm-hmm. and to like use that time as best as I could. Um, like I really appreciated that. That was like probably the biggest blessing of COVID is that like I got to start and like do my big girl job for a year. Yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. And then to come back, speaking of like being Dr. Prince, so my <laughs> friends and I would have a study group because we're all in um, physiology together, which is, mm. of course, 400 level animal science physiology class. Of course, it's going to be hard. Right. So we're all studying together and we have this really big whiteboard and we're each like drawing a whole like all of the mechanisms and stuff. And um, they're all, okay, Dr. Prince, enlighten us. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Like, okay, yeah, I guess we could try to do that. And so we would each take turns calling each other doctor, which I thought was kind of fun. That is fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good time. Um, no, I think that there's going to there's gonna be a lot of, a lot of changes for, you know, our, our generation of college student, you know, just because they had to go through something that you know, no other college student had to go through really, you know, we were, we all had to adapt to different things. Although in a lot of ways there were, you know, there, there was a lot of opportunity out there that, you know, I don't, I don't think we would have gotten before. Like you got your big girl job. Um, I learned, <laughs> I learned a lot about, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, I learned a lot about, you know, online platforming a lot more i was able to expand the podcast a lot more because obviously i was stuck in my room all day so what else am i going to do yes. <laughs> yeah so yeah i i would have never even thought about using zoom for episodes before and then because of school i became very comfortable with zoom um Dude, zoom is like everything now oh yeah it's you know like if you if you can't make it to a meeting you can zoom into it if it's something you know if there's a conference across the country you can zoom into it i mean like everything is is on zoom yeah it's crazy but um, no, I, I got to learn a lot of that kind of stuff. I will say my social abilities went away after a while. I, I did like kind of relearn how to be a person. Um, <laughs> I think everybody did. Yeah. Um, but I'm finally getting back into like my public speaking stuff and mentoring students again and, you know, teaching like, cause I, I used to do a lot of like public speaking classes before everything shut down. Um, yeah. I did some in VR, I did some in person. I, you know, was mentoring some, some FFA and non-FFA students, some college students and stuff like that. And I, since the shutdown have not been able to even properly give a speech, let alone teach how to give one. So I am finally back into that. So it's like, you know, now that we're rebuilding the world again and we're able to take away some of the skills we learned during, you know, COVID times, it's kind of a, it's, it's a very different place now. Definitely. I definitely like, I like how you said that, like relearning how to be a person Yeah. because of course, like working in the dairy industry, it is very Hispanically populated mm-hmm. and myself and I think four or five other coworkers like could speak English. 
all the rest of my other 40 something coworkers could only speak Spanish. Mm. So um, my bilingual went through the roof. <laughs> um, that was definitely a skill that like, I'm really grateful that I learned, yeah. but also like how to be a person to come back and shift from the dairy and speaking Spanish over 10 hours a day, five and a half, six, six a week to come back to the college setting and only having one person like only be able to like speak Spanish with one professor like I right. obviously speak English but yeah like to be able to transition like I don't have anyone here to like practice my Spanish with and like relearning how to communicate basically in English all over again um that was definitely a really big struggle for me is like okay English is hard like I know how to speak Spanish now but like how do I go back to like speaking with American people <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah That's relearning great. how to communicate in English again that was it didn't take that long obviously it's like riding a bike like you figure it out pretty quickly but sure. the first the first couple of days were pretty tough yeah <laughs> no I know what you mean even from like a you know te- technically it's language but even like from a body language perspective I mean going out and talking to people again like very different interactions you know then then like usually you know you have like your portuguese and italian hands you're all over the place you know like you're very energetic yeah (laughs) um you know we we very much have that like expressive personality going back to school you know this semester i've been like very like i haven't been as eager to participate in class because i've always been like scared of answering questions again for some reason and like you know just going tonight talking to like even like my friends and professors that i used to be very close with before everything shut down like just trying to talk to them like I'm just very like I just kind of sit there and I don't really know like you know like I don't have like that same like shoulders back hands out kind of you know approach I used to have it's just it's weird because you're just like who am I I'm not the same person anymore like I have to relearn all this stuff well that's hard too because like I don't know about you guys but for us like if we're in a university building or obviously like in class we have Mm -hmm. to wear a mask Mm -hmm. and it's so hard to recognize people oh yeah or they're like, hey, Abby. And I'm like, I don't remember who you are. Like, take off your mask and let me see who you are. Right. Like, I have definitely really struggled with that. And I'm sure that like others, especially new students, I couldn't mm. even imagine like trying to make friends right now because oh, you man. can't recognize anybody. You see this much of their forehead and obviously they're not wearing the same clothes every day. Unless they wear the same mask, then it's like, oh yeah, I know who you are. Right. But, like that has been a humongous struggle. It's like, I don't know how to recognize my friends because I can't see the full face mm-hmm. I've had people cool. that I had zoom classes with that recognize me on campus and I'm like I have no idea who you are and they're like we had a zoom <laughs> class together I'm like I you expect me to look at every single box on the screen every time like I'm not going to see everybody like <laughs> you're memorizing everybody you're okay so when I come on campus next semester I'm going to know who each and every one of you are right and some of them look different like they say their name I'm like oh that's who you are like I, I recognize your name but I I do not look at your picture at all like yeah. Um, so there's just, you know, that kind of stuff, or I've even had professors that learn my face with the mask on. And I, if they see me without a mask, they're like, who are you? I'm like, I have your class every day. What are you talking about? I do think it's funny. Um, so I have a professor that does that. He's like, I'm going to learn your guys' names. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, like, no, you don't need to do that. This is in my physiology class. And I'm like, okay, oh. I know what's going on in here, but like, I don't need you calling on me. Like, I don't need that kind of stress. <laughs> well, we all sit in the same seat. And I think this is hilarious because in high school, we all hated a seating chart. Right. Because we were forced to sit in the same seat, right? Right. But I feel like now that I'm older, I recognize it wasn't just that we had to sit in the same seat, is that we could not choose our seat. But in college, you can choose where you want to sit, but you never move your seat. And if someone sits in your seat before you do, that you get super upset about it. Oh, yeah. No, you, you start fights <laughs> over seats. I, that happens. Like, I have very easily walked into classes before and be like, that's my seat. What? Why are they in my seat? Don't they know that, that we have an order here? Yes. On exam day. Don't even get me started oh, on exam man. day. When only half the students actually show up to class and then on exam day, they all show up and it's like, excuse you. Like mm-hmm. that is the seat I sit in every single day. Can you not? Like, <laughs> yep. Well, not to mention if I'm sitting in a different seat, I'm going to have a hard time. Like, like I, I'm a, I'm a creature of habit. If I'm in a different environment, my, my brain has to adjust to that first. <laughs> yes. I feel you on that one. <laughs> So yeah, I, I very easily could could miss something from the lesson just because I'm like, this is not where I sit. What, why is that there? Why is this here? You know, it's just like, I'm so distracted by where I'm at that I just, I can't focus. It's just not, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I feel you on that one. 
Uh, or it's even worse in classes where they like change seats every day. Like every time you go in there, somebody's in a different seat and you're just like, I don't even know where to sit at this point because everyone's changing all the time. Those students drive me up a wall. I'm like, can you please just pick a seat and sit there? Make yeah. a friend and just sit next <laughs> to them every day in class. Like, yes. Moving around. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I do know a couple of those students and it's like, please, all humans are creatures of habit. Can you right. just like sit still, please? Right. Yeah. I don't know how you guys can change so much and still pay attention in class. I would, it, it drives me crazy. Right. Well, and I think it's funny too, because if you have a couple of students like switch up seats that the professor will notice. Oh yeah. Like my professor for my physiology class, like there was one day that like this girl will sit in a couple of different seats and he was like, wait a second. Like, why are you like, he's all, I know that you sit right here. Why are you up there? He's all Anna. Right. She's like, well, yeah, but like, I, I felt like sitting up here today. And it's just like, ah. the, the professor uses your spot to know your name. Don't throw off their schedule. Yes. And yesterday, Monday, we like picked up um, our exams that we took before Thanksgiving break. And he was like, okay, so what's your last name? And I said, Prince. And he goes, oh, Abby. And I was like, whoa, why do you know my name? Like, <laughs> uh, That's always a weird, like I, I have a professor, um, my, one of my animal science professors for my, my meat science class. Uh, she, for like the first, so what's funny is I had her husband at COS, like before I transferred, I had her husband over there and he like loved me. Like I, you know, I was very close with him. You know, we, we used to talk a lot. I was on his show team, all this kind of stuff. Um, I got over here and I don't think she remembers me from, from me being his student. Cause she used to come and like visit our classes and stuff. And like, she actually is funny. Um, when I was doing like his show class, uh, I was, I had my steer or a heifer set up and I was just kind of staying there and she walked by and she was like, you need to like, she's like telling all the kids they need to fix stuff. She's like, you need to fix that heifer's leg. You need to lift her head higher, all that kind of stuff. She walked by, she's like, this kid's shown before. And she walked off and I was like, that's <laughs> so cool. And then like, I got to, to Fresno State and she didn't recognize me. Like maybe it was because of the mask or I don't know, but she didn't know who I was. Okay. And so like for half of the semester, like she wouldn't even pay attention to who I was. I was like trying to participate in class. Like didn't even really like, you know, give me the time of day. I was like, what the heck? And then like now, like the past like couple months, she's been like calling me for everything. Like, you know, I'm in the middle of class. I'm just like doing my math or whatever. Cause like we're doing like math on like value, you know, like carcass value versus live value, all that kind of stuff. I'm doing my math on it. And she's like, what'd you get, Brendan? I'm like, you know, my name. <laughs> I feel like that's the first question that pops into any student's head. When the professor calls your name, <laughs> you know who I am? Well, what's, what's funny is like, after she called me, I, like actually this happened i had class with her yesterday and she did this after she called me she called another name and she's like is she here today and that's when i realized she calls specific people so she memorizes a few names and then calls on those people for class all the time oh. because if she calls somebody's name and they're not in class she's like oh so she's not calling for people that she's looking for she just has certain names memorized so i don't know if she just doesn't memorize everyone's name on purpose or if she only memorizes people who actually participate in class or what it is but you made an impact that's why yes and I was like oh she remembered me cool and <laughs> it is a very weird feeling though but yeah yeah so yeah I think that's just about I mean that's it for my end I don't know if you have anything else to to catch up on but I, I mean so. I told you some calf stories I told you yeah. some stories good times good times <laughs> it was nice to like catch up like we yes. haven't done this in so long i know i was so excited when you messaged me you're all happy like we should do an episode I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> so well, i feel bad that like it couldn't be in person but obviously like this is it's okay expected. yeah i mean this is how most of my episodes sound anyway so it, it'll be fine um but yeah it's i mean stuff stuff happens you know we're busy i mean the entire week of thanksgiving i was crazy busy so i mean it wouldn't have really worked out anyways um but and no it was like this is why i wanted to do the all-star season like have all my friends on like get to like talk to people and like you know catch up and like you know they're all people i haven't talked to in like a year so i'm like ooh, i need to catch up with you and like i haven't talked to you in probably over a year i mean it's been a long time i think the last time we talked was for the live last live episode we did which was maybe appreciation day or something yeah or before it had to have been before the summer of 2020 because yep. that was the last time like I've been in California for longer than just a week. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I, it was, I mean, I was still at COS, so it was before COVID and everything. Um, yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been a while. It's been like almost two years since last time we talked. That makes me sad. Me too. That's so weird. 
because yeah we i don't think i've often we do we just need to like even you know outside of the episode we just need to have like a, a zoom call or phone call every now and then just catch up on stuff and you know see how everyone's doing and all that we can meet up at, like the end of december yes that'd be fun we can go have lunch yes i, I would like that get some some relaxation time outside of school and stuff thank you yeah good time sounds like a plan awesome well um Usually I have my guests kind of promote everything that they're working on, but you're, you're not exactly the, the usual podcast. Graduation (laughs) (laughs) and graduating with great grades and (laughs) that everything's like going well. So yeah, I have, I've had guests sometimes that come on here that like aren't podcasters or anything. I'm like, well, I don't really have anything for you for you to promote. And they're like, drink water. That's my PSA for the day. (laughs) So, all right. Well, um, I'm going to say eat beef yes study hard if you're a student work hard if you're employed and well i guess if you're not employed just like work hard with whatever you're doing and (laughs) stay focused i like it wise words from from dr prince (laughs) why you encourage me still to go to grad school here brendan (laughs) i have to it's what i do but i always i always push people towards higher education all right it's actually not for you all right, I'll hold. I'll hold you to that. I'll go through grad school if you go through grad school. Oh, dude. <laughs> All right, find me the right professor in the right school first, and then we'll think about it. Oh man, for for dairy science, that's gonna be tough. Um, I've been looking. I've been looking at like University of Minnesota. I was gonna say like Wisconsin or something might have something. Yeah, a but... lot of the dairy schools are like the Upper Midwest, and I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, it's really cold up there. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might be a little rough. I. I'm not sure I can help you much there. I actually, I have a, well, I have a friend in Wisconsin that might know, but she's not like a dairy person. So I, I don't know if she knows any of the college professors. Is that non-dairy people from Wisconsin? I guess it's like <laughs> same thing, like California, like you have like <laughs> the dairy and ag people and then like the coast people. Right. <laughs> Obviously I know that there's like more segments than that, but like stereotypically, like that's what people see California as. I remember I, so I did an episode with this friend. She actually has a podcast too. She's actually, she's getting ready to retire from her podcast, which makes me sad. But, um, she, uh, the first episode we ever did together, we were talking about Wisconsin and California. And I was like, yeah, you know, like we kind of trade off. It was a top dairy state, you know, like we're, you guys get to have every now and then, but like, we're, we're usually top. And she was like, so you're, so what you're saying is Wisconsin, the dairy state is not always the dairy state. I'm like, exactly. And so we it's had like America's this, dairy land. Yeah. California is the dairy state. Yeah. So we had this whole like, uh, like mini debate and I was like, you're not even an ag person. What do you mean you're trying to defend the dairy industry in, in Wisconsin? Like come, come see our dairies before you try to defend your own. Like, right. <laughs> but it's so like, that was like the running joke every time she came on. Cause she's, a, she's been on two or three episodes. Every time she comes on, we always talk about like, Oh yeah, there's like the 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 good dairy state and there's Wisconsin. You know, like we, we always kind of like like pick on her for that, and she like because she has like a not a strong, but she definitely has a Wisconsin accent. So she always like tries to like kick it up a notch with her Wisconsin accent every time she's on. That way she can like like trash trash talk Californians, but it's it's great. It's it's a very fun little rivalry, and it got her to like actually like do some more research on on Wisconsin's dairy industry. So it was cool, but. Anyways, yeah, we'll we'll talk about graduate stuff after graduation. That's that's okay. probably a better time for it. But, you can do that. All right, and maybe by then I'll I'll make up my mind about what I want to do with my life. You have time. <laughs> that's okay. That will be my last piece of wisdom and advice. You have time. I love it. Great. That's a great note in the episode. On don't that doesn't matter what you're doing or, or where you are or who you are or what you know what your background is. You have time. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up here. Um, you have you had your your final word in. Um, I have nothing to add to that. So thanks again, Abby, for joining me. It, it was a lot of fun getting to talk again. Well, thank you for having me on. Such an opportunity and such a blessing. I'm <laughs> always I always love when we get to have an episode. So yes. thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean we it's like we said when, when you first left for Washington, even though you're not the co-host anymore, you're always part of this, this podcast. So you always have a place on the episodes. One of these days we need to have just like an episode where you just come back as a co-host just for like one episode. It's just like you and me and like one other person. And we have like a, like an old fashioned episode again. I'm down. All right, let's do it. But 
that's for that's for another time uh for now i'd like to thank all of our guests for tuning in and for always supporting this podcast over the now four years that's weird to think about um it's even weird to think about that we were in high school four years ago um (laughs) we're so old we're so old um but yeah so i hope to catch you all next week and don't forget if you ate today thank a farmer